I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There's a particular kind of feeling in the air this morning, isn't there? On this first Sunday in Lent. Each year on this day, we begin our service with the great litany, that extensive and all-encompassing list of petitions to God that signifies the beginning of this penitential season. With all that we've been through this past year, it can sometimes be hard to remember every single event that's happened, but I can't help but remember the last time we prayed this powerful prayer together. And that was on January 6th, as our nation's capital was being overrun with terrorists. When we add that tense and scary day to a constantly growing list of atrocities, pandemics, and massacres in our world, it can be easy to become numb to what in any other year would be seen as once-in-a-lifetime tragedies. And when we're faced with these difficult realities, our first human instinct is often to look for answers. Why did this happen? Will it happen again? Why did God let this happen? These are all valid questions. And I find myself asking the same things. Unfortunately, the answer we often come up with is the one we like to hear the least. I don't know. But even though I still have trouble understanding why God would let many of the events that have happened this past year occur in the first place, I have been very much able to see God at work in the first responders, the doctors, and those infrastructure workers that have kept our lives going through it all. But the one thing that is certain in my mind and that is that our society cannot keep going on like it has throughout these past years, full of division, hatred, suspicion. Something in our world needs to change, and something needs to change immediately. Now, in preparing for this sermon, I came across a pretty good illustration from Father Michael Reniger, who's a Roman Catholic priest I follow online. And I believe that his illustration underscores not only our gospel message this morning, but also speaks pretty well to what's going on in the world today. So I didn't make this up, but here it goes. Satan had a problem. The gospel of Jesus was becoming too popular. People from all over the world we're listening to the gospel of Jesus and their lives are being changed by his truth. And because they were listening more to Jesus' truth, they were paying less and less attention to Satan's lies. So Satan called a meeting of his most trusted demon advisors and laid out his problem. Humans are listening to Jesus' truth and they're not listening to our lies, he tells all of them. So I need each of you to think of the best lie we can tell human beings so we can finally pull them away from the gospel of Jesus. Well, each of the little demon advisors looked at each other and 
They put their heads down to think. And after a long, thoughtful silence, one demon raised his hand and said, we should tell humans that there's no such thing as right. Because if there's nothing that is right, they won't be inspired to do anything that is true or good or beautiful. So let's tell them there's no such thing as right. And Satan shook his head and said, good idea. Another demon raised his hand and said, we should tell people that there's no such thing as wrong. Convince people that there's no way to determine if something is wrong. That way, everyone will be able to decide for themselves. And no one will have to listen when someone else tells them that what they're doing is wrong. Confusion and mayhem will reign. Let's tell them there's no such thing as wrong. Satan smiled and said, very good. After a couple minutes, uh, a shy demon over in the corner, who had been deep in thought the whole time, raised his hand and quietly said, I think the lie that you should tell humanity is this. Tell them there is no hurry. Satan closed his eyes and pondered for a minute. Then he opened his eyes and smiled wide and said, that is the best lie of them all. We will tell them that there is no hurry. And honestly, we may still be listening to that lie. How many times do we find ourselves putting things we need to do today off until tomorrow, even though we know they need to be done right away? Telling ourselves over and over again that there's plenty of time. I have plenty of time to do better, plenty of time to do more, plenty of time to do what Jesus asks of me. But there's no hurry. It's a lie. But we listen to it, don't we? Have you ever told yourself that you'll spend more time in prayer after you retire? Or I'll volunteer to help out with that ministry once my kids are grown. Or I'll spend more time with my children or my spouse right after this next big project is over. There's no hurry. There's plenty of time for all that. It's a lie that pulls us away from doing what Christ asks us to do today. How many of us keep putting Jesus off until tomorrow? But isn't it strange how somehow we never get to tomorrow? Because there's no hurry, right? Wrong. There is a hurry. Because Jesus Christ is in our midst today. And God wants to do great things for us and through us today. This is especially true on this day, the first Sunday in Lent. This is the season when we set aside to repent and to reflect on the things that separate us from God as well as the things that draw us nearer to God. If we look at the gospel reading for this morning, we only have seven short verses of Mark's gospel, but there's a lot going on. First, Jesus is 
baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and we all know that story. But immediately as he emerges out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove and he hears God's voice. With you, I am well pleased. And then the Spirit immediately drives him out into the wilderness to be tempted. Immediately. There's the sense of urgency throughout this passage, and it's not by chance. It's a phrase that Mark uses over and over again. The original Greek is kai euthos, which translates to immediately or right away. In fact, Mark uses that same phrase 47 times in his short gospel. That's more than the rest of the New Testament combined. The Jesus in Mark's gospel is driven by the Spirit to do what God wants, as God wants, when God wants. Jesus doesn't waste any time. He pays attention to that spirit and does what the spirit directs immediately. In Mark's gospel, Jesus never says, there's no hurry. Jesus reveals a God who is acting today to change us today and bless us today. And that same God asks us to be a blessing to others immediately. Not tomorrow, not someday. That same Holy Spirit that drove Jesus to act immediately is driving us to do the same. It's just up to us to recognize the Spirit at work and to act on it. Whether God is asking us to repair a relationship in our lives, forgive someone who has done something wrong to us, or just to sit down and eat dinner with our families. More often than not, we usually already know what we need to do and then put it off until later. In a world that's already driven by timelines and schedules and deadlines, you would think by now we'd be better at prioritizing what is important in our lives. There's even that ominous doomsday clock that reflects how close we as humanity are to annihilating ourselves based on our collective actions. The time on that clock is set by a prominent group of world scientists who have a deep knowledge of nuclear technology and climate science. It includes 15 Nobel laureates. The closer that clock reads to midnight, the closer we are to the proverbial end. Well, my sisters and brothers, the current time on that doomsday clock is 100 seconds until midnight. 100 seconds. It's never been closer to midnight, not even at the height of the Cold War. Even on a global scale, it seems like the time for putting off what needs to be done today is running out. Things need to change, and things need to change immediately. If all the events of this past year have taught me anything, it's that time is precious. And the tomorrows that we keep putting things off until may actually never come. 
The time for us to act is now. Now is the time for us to stop lying, to stop judging, to stop thinking that we are better than everyone else around us. Now is the time for us to start looking for Christ in everyone we meet, to start sharing the abundance we have with those who are in need, and to start loving our neighbors just as much as we love ourselves. There is no time to waste. God's message of love is too good to put off until tomorrow.